0: A dream is a wish your heart made. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since Justin Timberlake rocked frosted tips in a Canadian tuxedo. Now guides on your nostalgic tour of Disney history.
1: One magical film at a time. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm JB Wagner. And on today's episode, we head for the second start of the right, and then straight on till morning as we review Peter Pan.
0: So fasten that safety restraint and pull up on the yellow strap. It's time to open the vault.
1: Cue that dishonest sound effect. Peter Pan, Eddie. One of the 30 adaptations for us to look at. Adaptations of Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah. How many of the like, I just like will look through a list there. By the way, there was a top 10 list of best, <laughs> the ranking best ones. I was like, wow, there's been 10 movies. And this isn't like a movie that uh, this isn't a story that was in like public domain right away. Um, it kind of had to go through its normal process too. It's not like some of the older stories we see where like, Oh, we're getting that story again. Um, this, this was like, there's a lot, there's a lot of these movies, but yeah, only, only one Disney. This like only two Disney films as of from, from 1953 when this came out. And then just last year, 2023, when we got, uh, the most recent one starring Jude law. um, should we rank? You're
0: not counting 2002's runaway hit, Return to Neverland? Return to Neverland? With Jane. With Jane? Why? How did I miss this?
1: Return to uh, And They didn't Neverland. suggest it to you as soon as you... This was... Oh, my gosh. You mean the the sequel that's like... <laughs> do you remember
0: is... the early 2000s? They made direct to, Cinderella. Direct to VHS everything cinderella i mean you name it they did every one of them yeah
1: yeah i mean if we can get into some sequel sequels later but so yeah yeah this is one of the many ones um uh the original i didn't know this when doing my doing my investigative research that you always wonder like where does the story come from does it come from a book does it come from other things uh action figures was just lo- looking at how uh the um he-man started off as an action figure first then became an animated series Anyway, transformers transformers uh this was a night 19- then this uh it started off as a play by j.m yeah. barry these are stories he told to his kids and he turned that into a play and then adapted that to a novel seven years later um but, yeah, this started off as an actual play. I don't know if it, it hit Broadway right away. That kind of took a little bit of time. Uh, but a play. For, I think this is one of our first that has started there. We've had Newsies that started off as a movie and became a play. A lot of other films that became plays. Um, but, yeah, this is a very have unique you, one. Have you never seen Finding Neverland? Finding Neverland? That's the one. I've been with, trying to um trying to remember with uh Johnny Depp Oh, that one's and so Kate good. Minslet. so good.
0: Yeah. That um Chronicles I don't know how historically accurate it is, but um the the creation of of Peter Pan
1: It's pretty fantastic play. though. It's not it doesn't it didn't feel like a biopic by any means. No, it's been a while since I've watched it.
0: And what's funny is like I we've been going through some of like the old DVDs. Those um, for for those of you young kids listening. These were these plastic discs (laughs) that we used to have to put into a player in order to watch movies. Yeah. Um, And as I taught JB a few weeks ago, uh, if there's a scratch that won't allow you to play, you can just rub chapstick on it. Polished in and boom, you're off to the races. Uh, as I we've been going through these, I keep flipping past Mike. I have a copy of Finding Neverland in my old DVD binder and I've been like wanting to watch it. Then, after we watched this movie, like all I could think about was, I have to watch Finding Neverland, I have to crack open this Freddie Highmore, uh, Johnny Depp, Kate Winslet. There's a couple other big ones in there. It's a fantastic. I just
1: remember movie, the shot that's not on the what bench. We're doing today. The shot on the bench is, is in my head. I remember crying, watching it. Maybe that's why I haven't watched it again, because it was a crying movie. And how often are you in the mood for a good cry? You are all the time, but um, just on, on, on cue, you're ready for it. Um, I do love that you're just owning your Enneagram after you hated being labeled. I love that. I love that you are just offering that to the world now.
0: To a certain degree, it's helpful because it just shortcuts a lot of like painful <laughs> people trying to figure you out. It's like you're odd, you're weird, you're complex, you're I'm weird. Afraid. Just let me be. Just let me be. Oh, good. But yes, it is based off a of play. Um. Oh, and I should have grabbed the name. Um. He left the rights to a children's hospital. Uh. There in in London. And so yeah. all um, all royalties helped funded this children's hospital until it entered public domain.
1: Yeah, it's right up in the front of the of the film. I had never caught that before, but it says Walt well, Disney Productions is grateful to the Hospital for Sick Children in London, to which Sir James M Barry gave his copyright for Peter Pan. I had never, which never is seen
0: interesting that how what Disney had to do. Um, he this yeah he had to get his hands on the copyright, but the problem was Paramount had purchased the rights for a live action uh, Peter Pan. They had the rights to that, and somehow it was uncertain whether or not those rights covered an animation hmm. version of Peter Pan or not. And so Disney had gone straight to the hospital to request, um, you know, the the rights to be able to make an animated film. And they turned him over to Paramount and said, uh, you figured it out with him. And so uh, Disney actually had to negotiate the
1: rights to make this with Paramount Pictures. Interesting. I had no idea. Did they did they gouge him for everything they could or did they say, sure, why not? We'll play I don't ball. know. I, I
0: I couldn't find anything on like exact amounts or anything like that. But if only they would have known that they were handing over what would become... One of Disney's most recognizable films.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about maybe, the, they... yeah, let's talk about the movie. Um, any specific memories for you that it cued immediately, Eddie, back to childhood, back to better days, maybe current days, maybe last week when you watched it? Could you watch this every week? I do love this
0: movie. Um, and it would be one that I would, of all the, the kind of the Disney animation movies, um, one that i've I've seen so often that I, I honestly yeah. i can even I can't even count yeah, and there's something about even just those opening sequences in the nursery and with Nana and Wendy and Mr. Darling and like all of those just kind of things that just immediately um, envelop me in nostalgia uh, that those scenes are are as much as I think that what was interesting as I was watching this is, it, it. I didn't realize it would be those particular scenes, like the opening, that kind of triggered that so quickly. If you ask me about Peter Pan, like I think of, you know, the Mermaid Lagoon or the the Lost Boys Treehouse or like the epic pirate fight at the end, like those are type the the types of things that you you know that jump into your mind. But for whatever reason, like when I watched it this time, I was like, "Oh wow, no! This grabs you from the beginning and is like, you're you're intrigued by these characters and you want to know what they're going on and and then you head off to Neverland and you're never the same."
1: Well, even in the narration right up at the front, uh, yeah, where he he said I actually stopped it multiple times so I could write it down. All this has happened before and it will all happen again, but this time it happened. In London. It's just a very curious way to say that. It's like we are then coming upon a story that's already been happening multiple, multiple times. I believe that is a direct quote. I believe I would believe it. It's very, it's very, it's very intriguing. It like pulls you in right away. It, it, it's a line that I had not necessarily paid attention to it before.
0: I have our copy uh, I can run and grab it. I should, have,
1: I should have had it at the ready. Here to go. I mean, we're sitting here waiting. Why don't you do it? Uh, but then from there, even <laughs> as, as he leaves, he's, Eddie is running away. And now we're just left here by ourselves. For me to narrate the nothingness that is dead air as he just goes and runs away. And he's still gone. Oh, there's a loud bang. I don't know if that'll make it on the final version. But here we are.
0: I've got it right here folks and this a lovely copy of jm barry's peter pan i'm a little out of breath
1: the is it a I should have had is this. It from the play or is it the novelization what are we talking about eddie
0: no it is the novelization yes but oh here we go Um, uh, the great ormond street children's hospital there you go But the copyright expired in 1987. There you go. So I've got my copy right here. What do we want to look up? What do we want to know?
1: That line. That line. All this has happened before, and it will happen again. But this time, it happened in London.
0: It's not in this
1: version. Okay. Well, we dive. We dive. All of that. All of that for nothing.
0: All of that for nothing. (sighs) Great. Thanks, Eddie. I've got it here for future reference.
1: (laughs) This is going to be a very interesting podcast. yeah, I think I think it's very interesting. You're already seeing from a an interesting vantage point kind of peering in through the window of this family. Then you've got Peter coming in uh, through the window, like we're following his story in. Um, it's just a very different way to go about the story versus just right in the middle. The, the, you're almost being told about each of the characters beforehand. I love that they called Wendy the chief authority on all things Peter Pan. She's at this very interesting age where she's about to move out of childhood. It's her last hurrah, the last evening that she's there. The, even the way that they treat Nana, she says Nana, being a dog, kept her opinions to herself and regarded the whole thing with a sort of tolerance. But that, um, so when uh, when Mister Darling, George Darling, comes in, uh, and I always forget that it's the same voice actor for him and Hook that's played up big in the 2003 version of of Peter Pan that came out um uh, played by Jonathan Isaacs he plays both characters that's and, a
0: that's a long-standing tradition from the opening of the play that you always have the same actor mm-hmm. play Mr. Darling as you have Mr. Hook.
1: Yeah. Captain Hook. Uh, but I do love the 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 random quote from this movie that our family uses all the time and adapts it based on the situation is poor nana like we we use that like poor poor buddy poor mama poor dad. like it's just it's the thing that we say probably more than anything it's the most random quote about the dog probably it's because of my love for dogs so much that you know it just like oozes out i gotta i Deep gotta do love that for dogs yeah but yeah i do i think this movie is a very strong Opening act to just get you in, and they play it so literally and so um like, oh, this is normal. Like, oh, he's here. I'm sewing his foot up, and then they're they're gonna go run off to Neverland, and they remember, oh, we don't really know how to fly. Oh, it's pretty simple actually, if you think about it, and then they figure it out as they go, and then they head off to Neverland. It's it's a really strong opener. Well, and then you have,
0: I mean, I would argue. Man, at least top three most iconic opening sequences of, of a Disney movie with them flying over mm-hmm. the streets of London. I, I, I know we've, at least I keep talking about, like, sequences that Disney just, like, puts in every, like, promotional video and stuff, like those sizzle reels, like, them flying over London onto Big Bend, all of that yep. is, like... tally Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, and it... um. And rightly so, like there's something so wistful and, and, and optimistic and you just you feel the 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 adventure brewing and, and building. Um, and I would even say most vergi- versions or adaptations of the uh, of Peter Pan, you that whole sequence is probably some of my my favorite parts of the of the movie. Um, though I I can't speak to Peter and Wendy the the new one because well I haven't seen it and everybody knows my opinions and thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> it was the sequel we for. The didn't one ask with
0: um, Jacob Isaacs, That one is so so good. That that opening flying sequence. I think I've mentioned that on here. The soundtrack to that movie and that particular moment of them flying over London. I listen to all the time on on repeat good old James Newton Howard.
1: Shout out to fan of the podcast, Michaela Graham, who forced me to watch Two weeks watch in a row, it. shout yeah. outs. Forced me to uh, listen or watch that movie. Like literally handed me the it's DVD good. and said, you have to go watch this um, and had to give her a full treatise on my thoughts about the movie and et cetera, which I won't give here. Um, but that is why Peter Pan is on the top of my mind, at least in the past year when I had to watch that film. I mean, we've gone this long. We haven't talked about Cap. We haven't really delved into Captain Hook yet. Um, Eddie, is there? Well, how do you want to go about talking about Captain Hook? He, he, he has to be one of the best bad guys, right? Has for to you? be. Has to be. Yeah.
0: Um, well, what's fun is like you. Um, you see that Captain Hook is just ruthless and just um, conniving. Shoots the evil guy, guy for playing music. Yes. So I was watching this with the kids and Lewis looks up at me during that sequence and just goes, Did he just shoot him? I was like
1: <laughs> He's yeah. that
0: bad. And Lewis goes, but why? Did he not like his music? And I'm like, No, he's he's a really bad guy. Uh he was just That's like funny. what? Um, yeah. So, I mean, you get sequences like that, but then you have these other moments where he's just goofy and zany. He, he pulls back just a tad from being, you know, pure evil. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know, a little more believable or or you care for him a little bit more. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic bad guy. Just such a, a caricature. You know, he's so much larger than life which is what um, makes a good
1: villain. Um, it needs to be flamboyant. Well, he's so evil, which is what you need. He has a little bit of a backstory that makes sense, like him losing his hand and, and it being fed to the crocodile, like, and now every... and. Uh, Like, it makes sense why he would hate Peter Pan so much. It's not just some random obsession. Like, it comes from a real place. I think that helps with it. And also, he's, like, a deep, deeply flawed in the sense of, well, one, his obsession gets the better of him. And as his crew is, like, bemoaning, why can't we just get back on the open sea? But then also, like, he is flawed in the sense he's so terrified of that crocodile that it makes him apoplectic. Like, can't even like can't even function. So you've got the two things like incredible fear and incredible anger driving him at any moment, which that just makes him. And he's obviously flamboyant as well. Like, so mix all that together. That's how we get this very interesting. Um, captain hook. It's a very specific um, type of captain hook that like, like of pirates. Like we just recently came off of talking yeah. about pirates uh, recently from treasure Island and how that set a very specific look and then this kind of like there's a special way that we understand Captain Hook to be and just the pirate missing like it's another pirate missing a limb um so yeah
0: well you could see um i mean to to jump in on just kind of the pirate aspect of it you you can definitely see the pirate persona developing having looked at treasure island and now peter pan and then you know knowing we're we're less than a decade from receiving Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, okay. I can see where this is an obsession for Disney. (laughs) And and it's a, yeah. And, and they kind of create this uh, styling or, or stereotype for pirates. But one last thing on captain hook, I can't get enough of Captain Hook and the crocodile and those chase sequences, <laughs> I belly laughed out loud when um, Hook does like the like a, a stone skipping yeah. across the ocean and you hear him, you know, just going like something about that just got me so tickled. I thought it was hysterical. Um, and and the animation in that sequence is so good, like you just have to stop and appreciate. This is hand-drawn, cell by cell. They're animating all of that physicality. And there is so much physicality in those sequences with Hook and the crocodile and the chases and everything that you just, I don't know, I I had greater appreciation for it where I'm going, even if this was just live action, this is great and I'm really enjoying this. But like the knowing that some guy painstakingly drew each cell of that, like, Whoa, like, I, I just love it even more.
1: So this movie is definitely a boy movie through and through all the way all the way to the end. Like, if you just think about all of the setups and the different things, that, like, fl- like flying. like Lost Boys. Like the Lost Boys. So we got the Lost Boys, which I didn't know where they came from. And uh, if you go um, l- look at some of the history of the play, those Lost Boys were technically boys who who their mother or their mothers or maids had like lost track of, of their stroller for five seconds, a minute, whatever. And then they fell out of the stroller. That was uh, an interesting find of like where they technically came from. Um, But you got the lost boys, they got the hideout, the no, no moms allow, like no one has any mothers. You got, you got pirates and in and uh, native Americans and you've got um, cannons being shot everywhere uh it's it is pro- i don't i'm trying to think of like a more boy film that disney would have done at this time maybe it's cuz they've had too many hits a lot, a lot of hits of cinderella and beauty and the be or like snow white and they just felt like oh we got to we got to do something here maybe that's why we've had a bunch of pirate movies um back like in a close per- proximity but one of the things i find interesting is the is the interaction between the girls in this movie and Peter and Peter Pan because they are all every single one of them that are on screen besides the mother besides uh Wendy's actual mother all of them are it's like starling. all of them are are obsessed with Peter and they are jealous and bickering between of them, Tinkerbell and Wendy the mermaids and Wendy Wendy and um, tiger lily and they're all like inner like constant like that's where some of the most intense drama in this in this kind of like the interpersonal drama comes from this but he is like aloof the entire time and i don't know whether that's like odd strange or exactly what being a young boy is like of like the girls they have grown up oblivious they they have grown up to be stronger uh, relationally and have that connection earlier on in life and boys are just out trying to fight each other and play games and completely unaware and that's a much later uh th- like process for them to go through through maturity but it was just so fascinating to watch this and go like to watch the 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 girls in this movie like so much drama between them. And some of it's really great. Like Tinkerbell herself is one of the best characters in in this movie. And the the choice to make her think the word is pantomime. Like she doesn't actually talk, but it just uses her That's like magical, physicality yeah. for it. Um, she's some of the and she drives the story. Like without her, there isn't they go, they have fun, maybe they head home early. But she's a major catalyst of this film and why it's so good. And she is one of the most iconic characters that were created from this movie. I would say
0: she is the most iconic character created from this movie. And maybe even go as far as to say, like, outside of Mickey Mouse... Like the second most recognizable Disney character ever created.
1: More than Jim and I mean, you
0: think I mean who opened the wonderful world of Disney You're every right. week? It was it was Tinkerbell, you know, like um, you know, how many I think still at Disneyland, like Tinkerbell flies over the castle. I know, like at yep. Walt Disney World, like every fireworks show, Tinkerbell flies over the castle. Pixie Dust. Um, yeah, Pixie Dust. Like that is synonymous with anything Disney is this idea of, you know, even they put up a construction wall, they have a sign that says, pardon our pixie dust. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everywhere that that concept of her, um, yeah, is just infiltrated, infiltrated the company.
1: Which is funny because her outside of this film, or so in this film, she is cantankerous. She's jealous. She is like coming at, at Wendy all the time uh is the reason that they, they find his hideout. Like her her character in this as very specific, but then everywhere outside. The oh, everywhere outside of this film is a completely different, like she's this wonder amaze, amazing um fairy that comes in and sprinkles pixie dust on yeah. you. And even the entire animated series, Tinkerbell. She's like a completely different character than the Tinkerbell that's in this movie. It's it's like night and day difference. Unless you're going to say, "Oh, she had a change of heart and then she becomes so it's like no, like what we understand and what we enjoy about her in this film is is completely opposite, I would probably even say, than every other interpretation of her outside of this film. Does, am I making sense? Do you feel that too? No, I, I, it's funny that you, I, yes, you're
0: right. I don't think I would have put all that together until you started saying that. But it, And it makes sense because, I mean, her role in this film is very much to be kind of the the foil, the one that um, uh, increases the drama. Mm-hmm. And that, yep. that cantankerous, stuff. that cantankerous attitude, I don't think you want too much of it, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it, it kind out. of- yeah, it can get annoying really fast. What's, it, yeah, you're totally right, though. It's interesting that that outside of Peter Pan persona, the park persona, the TV persona, totally different. Uh, You know, I just think of, you know, seeing her like at a uh, at a parade. She's always the like they hyper, mi- they you, know, d- 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 her. you know,
1: like, they yeah, yeah, for sure. If that, yeah, I can use yeah, that phrase like,
0: yeah, hyper, just so, you know, uh, Pixie, I don't know. I do love that you were so quick to make an analysis to the 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 TV series. And I know that you're a big fan of Pixie Hollow and all the other fairies, um, but to jump out here so quickly and just boldly share that with
1: everybody, um, that was really brave. Well, my wife would tell a funny story about how early on when we were dating or engaged, I was over at her parents' house, and they were watching uh, the their her nieces, and um, they had the show on. They had they had they had the show on, and they were like maybe three, four, f- some some years old, and a bunch of us were just sitting down watching, and uh, all the women left, and then they came back later, and all of us dudes were just sitting there by ourselves, no kids. The show was still going on and we were emotionally invested in the story still of the characters and what was happening and was she going to meet her twin and all this and all this other stuff. And it was I was surprised at how much character development you could put in a Tinkerbell show.
0: And I've always been um, I've not seen any of these. So you have to correct me if I'm wrong here, since you're the expert. Since I'm the expert. Um, the fact uh, that she's called Tinker Bell is because she's a Tinker Fairy, that she tinkers, like makes little things. Um, thought that was very clever, very interesting. Very clever. Any other characters worth mentioning, worth throwing out there? We we haven't brought up Smee,
1: which arguably one of the best sidekicks. One definitely there's not another character like him that I can even think of a very unique character. I love that they, in the, that in the 2023 version, I just kind of skimmed it to just see if I even remembered seeing any of it. Uh, Jim Gaffigan plays me in the 2023 version. If that's a reason for you to then go, maybe check it out. But he is such a cool. He's like, even just the way he's, it sounds like he's talking with marbles in his mouth or something. Um, and he's such a likable, even when he like kidnaps, uh, kidnaps her, it's not like, it's not vicious by any means. Um, yeah, he's such a very unique, I would love to know like what drew and, and how does he, is he the same in the, in the play, in the book? Um, or is this like a a Disney character, but it feels very different than other characters.
0: He is very, uh yeah he's got some great lines, but he's also got a great just kind of physical humor to him mm-hmm. um honestly, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie and I remember this so distinctly as a kid finding it hysterical and then Lewis and I were laughing at it together when it happens when he shaves the bird's butt instead <laughs> of instead of hook's face it's just so so stupid but funny and simple yeah. it's it's fantastic
1: yeah the music do you want to you want to take some moment to talk about the music in this your favorite favorite tunes or moments music wise or
0: yeah i mean um i don't know if i have the uh,
1: so we've got names so we've got you can like fly we've got following the leader yeah i mean you can your mother and mine which i forgot i completely forgot about that one uh, I had to. Elegant, I had totally forgotten about your mother. Of mine, the elegant Captain Hook.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you've got the the opening one with the second star to right to second star to the right, which is just a very yeah classic Disney. It just feels very classy Disney. Um, you can fly again. Quintessential Disney movies. I'm. You've got uh, uh, a wish upon a star. A dream is a wish your heart makes and you can fly like these just Mm -hmm. feel like if I'm going to make a quick Disney montage, we've got to make sure we, you know, we hit that one and put all that in there. Um, Following the leader, we sing on a weekly basis in our house. Like we, We play this game, you know, and the kids want to take turns, especially if we go out hiking or something we take we let like the different kids take turns leading and they inevitably start singing the song and and going going about all of that um i mean we we get a a cultural insensitivity warning at the beginning of this movie um and i'm assuming that's because of the song uh what made the red
1: man red which, which i had never like, listened to the actual lyrics of it before yeah yeah i would just been yeah. like wow I can't believe we're going to this, this song exists and it existed for a really long time. Uh, yeah. But the, the thesis is the answer to the question. What makes a red man red? being a young man approached a girl and blushed and they've been re- like, re- like away. wow, where did this come from? Where did this, song? where did the song originate? And honestly, a lot of the interactions with the native Americans in this is just like, wow. Like, they couldn't make this nowadays. I'm surprised every time they keep making a new version of Peter Pan and going, "Okay, how do you get around this and this? And, and, and these, there's a lot of weird, like every, I think most of the interactions with the native Americans is, is, is odd and strange. They're playing games, but then they're, then, well, you took tiger lilies so who are keeping him. Oh, another, another woman that um wants to be with Peter, but, or actually she's the most, put off by peter i guess a, 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 to some degree yeah, yeah it, it it it's it's the, probably it is the most problematic part of the of an otherwise awesome film with so many other things that i'm like wow well but this was the time this was the time and it goes back to just the childhood boys of like just having a very like playing indians and playing pirates and playing all the all those things they just it goes Cowboys. down to the most yeah. um stereotypical of any of that because it's just kids being kids but
0: yeah um so i would say i mean this this um what's interesting is that this movie has a couple of like key songs that really stand down and have kind of moved to the upper echelons of disney music but at the same time if you were to be like hey like what are some of the movies with the best disney music this doesn't come up in your brain at all you yeah. know like this isn't what you you know you wouldn't I mean, it's definitely not a musical in that sense, even though that there are, you know, quite a few musical sequences. Um, but yeah, you do have one, maybe two that just are, are quintessential uh, Disney, Disney music.
1: What are, any other parting thoughts that you have, Eddie, for this film? Memories? Feelings? Did you ever dress up as Peter Pan yourself? I remember myself having the felt hat, the felt like green hat with the feather in the cap at some point in my life. Um, probably went as cap as, uh, Peter Pan for, uh, Halloween, but did, did you ever costumes or anything like that?
0: I don't remember going as Peter Pan. I'd have to ask my mother. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I did. Cause, um, yeah, like I had said, I mean, this was one that I listened to or watched quite a bit. Uh, no, I, I would say, um, just overall, For me, this gets to this kind of classic opening era of Disney animation, just the style of animation and then the color, you know, when I think of kind of quintessential Disney animation style during this period, uh, I think of this in Cinderella. And it's interesting because it's pretty much the same crew, art direction crew. You've got Mary Blair, Claude Coates, John Hench, and these are all ones they're only gonna do about one more movie for Disney before they're totally taken up into um, producing the parks. Um and in many ways, this is the last one that they do before Disney pulls them p- full into working on on Disneyland. Um so yeah, there's a big part of that that uh, I appreciate the the animation style um and all of that. This film is also. Um, the last for a couple of kind of key milestones in in Disney history. this is the last film in which all nine members of the Disney's nine old men, kind of the original Disney animators that were so well known for everything that we've talked about up to this point, they were the the core of Disney animation. This is the last film in which all nine members worked together as directing animators. Um, many of them, most of them stay with the company. Um, they just start to move into other roles or, um, you know, working on separate projects. But this is the last one where they all work together in this. Um, the other thing, this is the final animated feature released through RKO Pictures, um, after Peter Pan, Disney founds its own distribution company which is a big shift um for the company uh to be able to kind of own that from from top to bottom
1: Uh, this is also used reused a lot of um recent characters or um, actors so we've got bobby driscoll um who was in several films with um, song of the
0: south Mm -hmm. treasure island yeah he's he voices peter pan which makes it the first time ever that a male actor portrayed Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, the tradition that was set forth by J.M. Barry in the first you know, stage production was that Peter Pan was always played by a, a woman. And Bobby Driscoll was the, the first time uh, a male has ever portrayed Peter Pan.
1: We also get, we kind of alluded to this last week, but um, Wendy... Was voiced by the same uh, actress who was in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Who did who did Alice? a very iconic voice in back to back films and like key key roles, not just like oh the serpent or whatever, but like the lead role in or one of the lead roles in in these past two films. But
0: yeah, we also um, uh, I think it's interesting. We almost had uh, a very famous person. Cary Grant voice Captain Hook that is who Disney wanted he actually sat down with Kerry Grant and tried to get him to voice Hook which would have been huge i mean that's like the equivalent of getting like a Tom Cruise nowadays to to voice uh, a character uh, but in the end it is Hans Conried who who voices um, who voices Captain Hook which is good cuz i think the voice of Captain Hook has now like it's not a person, right? Like it's it kind of goes into that uh, echelon of uh, like a Winnie the Pooh type voice or a Mickey Mouse type voice where it's so, so recognizable. Yeah. Just for Captain Hook.
1: Yep. Well, before we get to your um, around the Disney parks and how it's infiltrated everything there. Uh, which we've already talked a little bit. I want to do, I do want to shout out, it's not a Disney film, but Hook from yeah. 1991 with Robin Williams. It, I would not, I would say that it's its own film, like loosely connected, like connected, because it's a sequel, I guess, technically. But man, what an amazing movie. Just so, um, I mean, it's Robin Williams at his finest, doing his finest work it's it's what it's definitely one of the best adaptations of this story hands down we've talked about finding neverland and tinkerbell but man hook is definitely on its own one of the best i remember i, I remember watching that as a kid several times and just being so enthralled it was such a great way to bring it into live action rufio can't forget about rufio glenn close is amazing cameo in it is just awesome for for two oh, yeah. seconds dustin
0: hoffman dustin hoffman as captain a- hook julia roberts as tinkerbell mm-hmm. you've got maggie smith who yeah. plays granny wendy in that um oh yeah no it's a fantastic fantastic movie um and we're not mentioning the fact that it was directed by steven spielberg himself yep um yeah um pff, so good yeah, I mean, I think that's what's—it's so fantastic about Peter Pan, is it has it created its world creation, right? Like it created this place, Neverland. It, it it just opens the imagination. This idea of perpetual childhood and the the wonder and the just the awe that comes from um, a child's eyes. I mean. Jane Berry created such a lush, imaginative world in such, and you know, in 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 all of this. Disney definitely kind of helps expand all of that. But I think there's a reason why there's so many adaptations and also like so many really good adaptations. Like we've mentioned just four right off the top uh, throughout all of this. And, you know, I think that speaks to the source material of like how rooted and how well-founded this idea of any person not wanting to let go of childhood, yep. uh, of kind of wanting to go back to that, what we remember as the simpler times, longing for that, that boyhood adventure and just kind of roughhousing mm-hmm. and kind of going out with the the friends and doing out. stupid stuff. Yeah, like those are all things that, immediately stir in me a, a sense of boyhood and, and, and innocence. So now, and now we're Hook here. definitely yeah. captures that too. So I'm glad you yep. brought that up.
1: So here we are, Eddie, your favorite part. Tell us all the different ways that you can experience elements of Peter Pan at the parks. Take us around the parks, Eddie.
0: Well, I mean, I, we mentioned, uh, probably my favorite is Tinkerbell flying over the castle. um, that is my favorite part of the what's the kind of the current big fireworks show at the magic kingdom happily ever after, like at the very end when they sing a little bit of, I can fly and like Tinkerbell flies out of the castle and flies over the magic kingdom. Like, I mean, it just, yeah, like everybody, you know, who's a a big Disney nerd starts tearing up and the kids are amazed by it and everything. It's just such a, Iconic moment. Uh, And you can meet Tinkerbell, Peter Pan, Hook, and Smee also appear as characters throughout the parks everywhere. Um, And there's a lot of nods and references. But I think the most significant presence uh, of Peter Pan in the parks is the ride, Peter Pan's Flight, where you actually board a pirate ship, fly over London, and then off to, to Neverland. Um, uh, it is in every castle park except Hong Kong. Um, so you can see it in Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, Paris, and Tokyo, Disneyland, and Shanghai, uh, but for whatever reason they didn't put it in, in Hong Kong. Um, and in every single one of those parks, it is one of the most in-demand yes. high wait times. Yes. Um, in part because of its popularity, uh, but also because it has really low ride capacity. Like there's just not, it's like a several hundred instead of several thousand, you know, pirates or, or Haunted Mansion can push thousands of people through that ride in an hour. Peter Pan is really limited. It is just a couple hundred that it can get through. So it kind of elevates it, makes it feel like it's in uh, even greater demand. Every, but it's always one
1: of the longest waits. Every time we go to Fantasyland, it is because you've got Snow White's area, you've got Mr. Toad, you've got the carousel, you've got all these different rides. And n- without a doubt, it's always the longest of all of the rides. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, is this even worth continuing to go through this? And then you go on it and you're happy you did. But it is by far the longest ride, longest wait of any of those classic old um park yeah rides, yeah yeah
0: but it's a fantastic ride i enjoy it it is my sister's favorite ride in all of of disney world um so i just have like fond memories of like
1: flying over her. London.
0: yeah and i mean us like rushing to get to it and to be able to to go on it so um yeah i mean it's got one of the most uh, iconic rides in all of of Disney parks as well, so I think that's a pretty well uh, well represented film.
1: Well, here we are, Eddie. We're ready to rate this. Are you emotionally ready, prepared to, to rate this movie? Deep breath. Here we go. Deep breath.
0: It's a five for me. Like this is essential. Like there's no him hawing around this one. Like I, I think if if you were if you were to be like, okay, quick, you gotta pick your top 10 disney movies uh you're gonna have to i'm gonna have to find a reason for this to not be in it
1: I have to fight you to not put it in the in the top 10 in my top 10 uh, in your top 10 i would agree as well it's a cla- it's not just a classic it is a purely essential film um yeah for all the reasons that we've talked about it is the essence of boyhood and um that transition from childhood to needing to move on to grow up and it is kind of kind of sad in that in that in that regards because like you they go through all this journey and then she goes back and she's going to grow up but it's the nature of life that's why it's happening over and over and over again like they like they open up in the beginning so i would agree this is a number five out of one through five we're going to go five essential but now that you are filled up on your nostalgia, a little bit of Disney news, including news that dropped mere hours after we recorded last week, would have led the Disney news section last time. But here we are a week later. Sorry, you, you probably already know what you are talking about. It's that they've done the most obvious thing in all of Star Wars to say they're going to give us a Mandalorian and Grogu movie was this the most easiest thing they could have done, like most obvious thing to just make fans happy.
0: Yes. Yes. I, I have to be honest, though. Um, I mean, I, this is so sad. Like I, I don't like being a, a cynical person, but like my first reaction was was cynical. I'm like, yeah, but how many Disney, mo- how many Disney Star Wars movies have we been announced? You know, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Oh, so-and-so's doing one. Oh, we're going to do this. Crew, maybe, you know, it's like yeah. all in, you know, like it's
1: Batal- either squad been battalion canceled
0: or, whatever, yeah. or it's been like on this indefinite pre-production cycle. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Um, like I, I, I loved seasons one and two and I loved the mini season in the middle of Boba Fett, whatever we want to call that, the those Boba Fett years. episodes. <laughs> season three was wasn't that. Not, no, season three was a big disappointment, really big wasn't disappointment. It? Um. So yeah, like seeing that, I'm going. Yes, I mean, I love, I love the style of an old Western gunslinger in the Star Wars uh, universe. So if we get like a. Uh, you know, like a tombstone style film. Yeah, a good Clint Eastwood style film, but it's Star Wars. Like, if they just really lean into that, um, I will be really happy. That that is what I, I am hopeful for. If we get um, another J.J. Abrams lens flare vomit fest, uh,
1: I may I may have to walk out. I'm just I, I just realized sitting here going, we've I've never seen like we've never been able to see the Mandalorian in all of its glory in a theater. Like it's always been watching it at home. Like I'm and that's, that's what I'm excited yeah. about. Because we we need reasons. We need the excuse to go to don't the don't we theater. ever we always don't we, we always ever
0: like I've got nothing down here right now. I was like my wife even put on our calendar, like, Eddie needs to go to the movies,
1: like, today or tomorrow. You didn't hit up Migration? Like, migration didn't, didn't pull you out the, to, to the theater?
0: Well, so it's an animated film, so it's dubbed. Like, unless you grabbed mm. it in the first week, I couldn't get it in English, and I just don't like going and seeing movies in Spanish that much. I will, but not that much. So, especially Migration. Everybody's talking about that movie. Now you're bringing it
1: up. My kids loved it. Because it's the only well, one we, that came out, right? Well, it's great when it's the only one out at one point, because yeah. then it just rakes in all the money. Yeah, but so, speaking speaking of raking we'll in see. money or not raking in money, we've been bemoaning the box office for all of the Disney movies, and some of their chickens are coming to roost or whatever the saying is, because it just got announced that Pixar is in the middle of some layoffs so they are downsizing to some degree probably because they're movies even though they are slow builds and it looks like wish or i guess that's disney animated film animation but um yeah they're having to lay off Elio, got pushed right so
0: yep. um pixar's going down to just one movie a year they uh reportedly are and this is Newsweek who's reporting this. Twenty percent of Pixar's workforce is about to get laid wow. off. Wow, it's a lot. And this is that's a lot. And I mean, this isn't the first time Pixar got hit. If you remember last year, Disney as a whole let go of over seven thousand jobs, um, and some of those did come out of Pixar. You know, no no area of Disney was was immune from that. Uh, probably what they're saying is the biggest chunk of that it will be uh, like a Disney Plus department that they brought up Mm. um, to work specifically on Disney Plus content. Um, So they're gonna, you know, probably just let go of that whole entire division uh, of Pixar. It, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sad, um, but I'm also hopeful because it's like Hey, if if you want to get back on track, like, yeah, you're going to have to make really tough decisions. You're going to have to do some fairly extreme things. Um, and if this is what's necessary for us to kind of get back to some classic Pixar storytelling and, and different things. Um, OK, you know, uh, but I do... Um, I haven't been a huge fan of, uh, some of the Disney plus specific content, um, you know, monsters at work. Like we barely made it through the second episode. Like my kids didn't even (laughs) like it. Um, we are huge fans of the Pixar shorts. We watch those all the time, but I mean, those were coming out before Disney plus, um, I think there was a cute series with Doug didn't, wasn't that kind of a Disney plus specific show. Um, that was good. That was okay. You know, um, but we'll see, you know, what this does, what this brings
1: about. Speaking of animation, I'm sure your house was watching all of the new bluey episodes, not new, new to America, but new, new, nonetheless, additional bluey episodes dropped this week. And we've watched all of them multiple times.
0: Yes, we have watched all the new episodes. I want to say at least four times, um, yeah I mean we have a tradition now of like when the new episodes drop the kids just want to sit and Benjamin right away and we're like no yeah. this is a f- family affair we sit <laughs> we make it you know kind of a big deal pops and pops you wanna enjoy, you want
1: enjoy them too
0: yeah I love I love them um and we've gotten my niece and nephews so hooked on it which are they are Older. uh 15 <laughs> 12. And Eleven, they had a they all slept over in my nephew's room and uh, had like a bluey premiere sleepover party because they're so hooked on it, too. And like we called them like the cousins had a big phone call the next morning and we were swapping what our our new episode is, our our new favorite episodes are. So is there a a favorite in the Wagner household? Is there a, a favorite episode that has just risen to the top?
1: I know that they really enjoyed TV store or TV shop. Yeah. That one was definitely one that they they enjoyed watching. I'm trying to pull it back up just to remind myself. Um, the one with the kid Our with Rus- Rusty and the, and the dad and the baseball, like that one was definitely very heartfelt. But I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can kind of see. But what were your favorites?
0: Uh, the big favorite in the Ferguson household is Cubby. Um, and we have now created a new game that our kids love to do, and that is pull all the cushions and blankets from all around the house and create (laughs) a maze of cubbies throughout our living room. Um, no, that we are obsessed over that episode. It is uh, a little scary, to be honest with you. Dragon. Dragon Dragon is is a big one, too. Yeah, that's a a little tearjerker moments, too, in there.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the, yeah. the different animating style and how um, and all their different variations as they're they're going through the story.
0: Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, there are uh, several new Bluey episodes on Disney Plus. If you've not watched Bluey, you're missing it. You're sleeping on this. Uh, this is or you probably fantastic. don't have kids or you don't have kids. And even if you don't have kids, you should watch this because they're are fantastic. If you don't have kids, I'm you've still,
1: for sure had a parent come tell you, I know you don't have kids, but you should watch this. But you should watch this because these are really good.
0: I've cried. I've cried, man. I've cried over Bluey. I've still, uh, I mean, Disney has to do something more with Bluey. It is the number one viewed piece of content on Disney Plus. Um, it is yes. Why is there not like a Bluey puppet show or something in the parks or you know give us uh, a meet and greet pay these people whatever they want you will make
1: it back i do wonder though cuz it's not their original property like that that's got to be super difficult and it was made for bbc australia like there's got to be a lot of lot of red tape and ties i know yeah, it's but disney but they've done but- that
0: before they've done that before you know in the 90s they had uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles in the parks. Um, you know, they they've done they've done stuff like this before. I mean you had Indiana Jones and Star Wars long before Disney ever you're right, you're right. purchased them. Um yeah, so I mean it's doable. Um it's just whether or not there's the willpower to do it, but come on. Like I just it, it seems so so easy. We're like pay these people whatever they want and prop up a a a bluey meet and greet or a little puppet show like there's so many easy things you could do i keep saying the puppet show because that's what's on tour and we've said this we're like oh if we lived in the states we would drive to the nearest one and and go be a part of that because that it looks really fun i didn't know this was happening so now i gotta go look oh yeah and uh our kids are so obsessed it would just be such a fun you know family outing but there it is there's all new bluey stuff Uh, One last thing to uh, put on everybody's uh, Disney radar. If you uh, haven't catched a glimpse of this, uh, Disneyland Paris has premiered a new nighttime show. Um, And if you haven't seen any videos of this, I just want to highly recommend this to you. Like, Pull open your your browser window and search YouTube right now for Main Street Electrical, Electrical Sky Parade. Yes, you heard that correctly. Main Street Electrical Sky Parade. They are creating... I mean, Disneyland Paris has for a couple of years been like using drones wow. in incredible ways. And here they recreate several kind of iconic sequences from the Main Street Electrical Parade in drones. But what is particularly cool about this show is they have added various pyrotechnic elements to the drones. For example, just to tie in our episode well today, that amazing closing sequence of Peter Pan with the golden pirate ship flying over London and sprinkling pixie dust. They recreate that with drones and this sparkling pyrotechnics that float off the back of the boat Ooh. and dust the, the 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 Sleeping Beauty castle there in Disneyland Paris. It's really quite spectacular. Just seeing it on video from a YouTuber, so I can only imagine in person, uh, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was... Something really cool that the Disney park put out there um, just this past week. It is the Main Street Electrical Sky Parade. Well worth, uh, you know, five minutes of viewing that it is.
1: That looks incredible. It looks in. It just looks incredible. Just like the the images that I'm seeing right here. I can. Yeah, I can only imagine what it is yeah. in person.
0: Yeah, they've got like Pete's dragon comes up out of there and like starts breathing, uh, not fire, but like a smoke coming out of it. And I'm like, how? Yeah, it's just really, really cool. You've got to you've got to check all this out. So there you go. There is a bit of uh, Disney news and things that we think you ought to check out some cool things that Disney is working on. But before we go, JB, I just hope you and your family have uh, a a wonderful week. Uh, It's about 85 degrees and sunny here where he I'm would. at, However, Would I see you, I see you have
1: uh, something on your head. Got a beanie on because we had a snow day today here in hey. the Nashville area, I moved to the South, hoping that I would retain at least most of the heat from the California, from California. But once a year or every other year, it decides to dump one, one time all, all the snow and we got like five or six inches, which doesn't seem like a lot for our Indiana brethren. Um, but this, um, when you got like two snow plows for the entire city and your street, our street is not a priority whatsoever, um, it's going to take a little bit for them to get us all back onto the road. So I am rocking the beanie today because it's so cold, but my kids had a blast in five minute increments they'd go out for 5 10 minutes then come back in exclaiming how cold they are back outside for 5 to 10 minutes an hour later back inside like crying about how cold it is back 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 and forth and it, it's really hard as a parent to pull, to prepare for this when it only comes once a year so buying them all of the gear and hats it. and it's like especially like the full the full bibs of like for snow, snow, snow gear, snow pants, snow yeah, pants. Snow gear. It's really hard to justify that when you know it's good. And last year there was no snow the entire time that we were here in the st- here in the in the, it snowed like once while we were out and it was just a little bit. Um It's just really hard to justify spending all that money when, you know, you're just not going to probably not going to ever use it or they're going to grow out of it before they can actually use it. So i'm trying to stay warm eddie i know that you're i know you're not having that same problem with your 80 plus degrees but some of us gotta suffer it
0: got down to 64 degrees last night so it was it was was a little chilly it was a little chilly in the house
1: boo freaking who that's all i gotta say about that and with that you've got your weekly dose of disney nostalgia be sure to
0: subscribe to Honey We Made a Disney podcast wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts and give us a look on YouTube as well.
1: While you're there, please like or leave a five star review and share it with your best friend.
0: You can also check us out at honeywe made.com where you can see all of our nostalgic
1: reviews of Disney movies. Tune in next week as we review 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Thank you for listening, and remember, all the world
0: is made of faith and trust and pixie dust.